Wayne Jones here today. Just going to have a little conversation, uh, talk a little bit about history and talk about Art Pays Me. So before we, you know, get into the to the the meat and potatoes of uh, of this discussion, Dwayne, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know where you're from and what brought you to where you're at today. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of what you're doing, so it's a, it's an honor to be invited. Um, so yeah, I I uh, came from came to Nova Scotia from Bermuda. I grew up and was raised there. I'm an artist, designer, and I came here for art school and basically like Sean knew me back in those days. It's and, been a uh, while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A long time, right? A long time. Yeah. Uh wiling out a little bit. Uh and uh I met somebody and and uh, settled down and here I am still here today. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that connection's strong, man. Like I remember those days. It was, uh, you know, it was great seeing. I knew you were from Bermuda. Um, I knew your brother a little bit better, but then I got to know you a little bit later in life when you started moving into uh, art. Arts pays me. Yeah. Yes. So it's been it's been great. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, Art Pays Me, and how that kind of you know cha- started for yourself, and any challenges you faced in, in Nova Scotia starting a business. Sure. Sure. When. Uh... When when I met Sean, like when I was in school, my whole thing I was gonna be a graphic designer. That's what I was in school for. Uh, I had been doing art um, throughout my studying too, but like at some point I had just like zeroed my mind in on working at an agency as a graphic designer, and I wanted to work for like Nike clients and you know people like that. Like I I just had like that big agency uh you know mad men but like a modern version of it uh perspective of what i was going to do uh and then you know you graduate and you realize it ain't as easy to get into those agencies as as you thought oh that's <laughs> deep man it's true it really is yeah 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 so like you know, I, I had to do a little bit more relationship building than I, I had done. Uh, you know, just being a good designer wasn't enough. And then truthfully, maybe I wasn't as good I, as I thought I was. Who knows? I don't know. At the end of the day, like, I, I honestly, I do chalk it up more to the relationship mm-hmm. side because as Sean knows, like, I used to roll solo a lot. Like, I was just that dude. Like, I would show yeah. up at the club by myself and that's just how that's just how I was. Just like, uh, wolf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it worked for me, but like it's worked against me too in, in in some ways. So, you know, I think sometimes, particularly as uh, the white designers per se, like sometimes they have that network built in because they might, especially if you're from here, like you know people already. That makes um, sense. There's yeah, cultural similarities. Like I, I had the whole, you know, you're not a good cultural fit conversation Ooh. before with people. So it's like, can you, can you, you, can know, you, say, more? Wait, hold you on. say more? Can you, hold on a second. Yeah. You're not the right. What kind of fit? Cultural fit. What? Oh, I like the word fit. Cause you know what that means? Are you willing to drink with somebody and take subtle racism? That's what it means. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, right. See, so, so me today, 
You so, can't say that to me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know that, and it's it's true. But I want to ask you a quick question. And so, in terms of, let's say, like graphic designers, how many of them were black and looked just like you? I, I didn't know any. Uh, so, network. There right? were relationships. There were a couple. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Okay, so there were a few that I did know that I went to school with, and they were the only ones that I knew. And uh, two of them that I know for sure were like, I'm out of here. went to Toronto. Uh, some went back to whatever home countries they were from if they weren't So now from we're just here. talking about like here in Nova Scotia. So there's opportunities just Nova Scotia, like yeah. outside that you could have potentially pursued. I tr- I went to Toronto uh, when I was I think it's like 2002. I graduated in 04, mm-hmm. and uh, on my one thing I did do is uh, my one of my summer jobs in Bermuda. I worked at a bank, and they they got me in touch with the marketing folks there. And one of them had some friends who were connected with the agencies in Toronto. So she said, "Look, Dwayne, I can hook you up with some just information." meetings or interviews or whatever so i was like dope uh and i booked like four or five of them and just went up on christmas break and just like hit the streets uh but like i had been to toronto as like a on a vacation before but like being there in work mindset it Mm. felt like a completely different city to me it didn't feel as like fun and welcoming Mm -hmm. uh as i had always felt it was uh and then like some of those interviews ended up falling through but then there was one that really stood out where the dude said uh you're gonna have a hard time in this industry as a a black man i was like yo this is like the most multicultural city in the world like i just came from halifax one of four i don't see anybody cities in the world yeah it's an international city well so you know and what's interesting to me is that you just talked about an agency and I'm in marketing. Do you know how hard I tried to get into a marketing agency? I oh, I can. Never. <laughs> it was. It's mind-boggling. Like it's tough yeah. to get into one of these agencies. That's like the you know, and the and the guy honestly, he was doing you a service. He's being honest with yeah. you. Yeah, like, I, I, honestly, like some people look at it as like him being a dick, but I didn't. I I I felt like he was just being real with me, like yeah, just saying, look. This is what you need to expect. Like, be ready for it. And I appreciated it. And uh, it, it it did change the way I looked at the industry. So every time I went in for an interview after that, it was like, hmm. And then I would also, like, look at the website, see who's on there, who do they have working for mm-hmm. them. And, like, like, I couldn't find anybody that looked like me in, in most of them. Like, one agency I can recall had, like, a marketing dude that was black but so like here like do you find that you've been able to collaborate with people a little bit better than like opposed to like toronto here was a better you've had a better work environment in that sense so i really didn't spend enough time in toronto to really um be able to speak on it because mm-hmm. literally after that trip i came back and was like right you know i don't know if this is gonna work so maybe <laughs> nice. i'll just like stay in halifax for a little bit and see what i can get popping here um, and then I was also like shooting out to Bermuda agencies to see, you know, what they were saying, but they weren't really hearing, saying nothing either. So, right. um, 
And f- interestingly enough, like they didn't really have black designers working in their agencies either. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's why it's so as as uh, systematically, right, Larissa? Yeah, systematically <laughs> removed. <laughs> yeah, just displaced. <laughs> no, there you go. Right? Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. interesting. So yeah, I mean, art pays me. Uh, it, it had a, it mm-hmm. had a journey. Like you've. Uh, when did it start? When did you start Art Pays Me? Yeah, so like after just dealing with all that industry bullshit, like um, you end up realizing uh, maybe I'm going to have to... I, I had no plan on starting a business. I was not interested in that. I literally just wanted a job. Um, but then when you have no other option, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to take some freelance clients. Right. And then like... Some of the people that I, you know, met through other things, it just was a lot of like free work that I was getting offered or, uh, you know, you, you, you do this for me and I'll come back to you. And I, I know I got this client that's going to want to work with you for the next five things. If you could just hook me up right here or like just stuff that, um, see, and this is, this is one of the problems and, um, art and design education to some extent like we don't spend enough time and i i take blame for this to myself because i didn't push for it but like you don't necessarily know what you should be charging or what is industry standard all the time and what's acceptable what's not acceptable in terms of what um what you should be doing so i had people just jerking me around and it was just like pissing me off mm-hmm. and right um it uh it got to a point where i said you know i don't want to deal with clients anymore i'm just going to do my own thing i want to create my own products because it was two it was two things that was happening it was when i would work with clients they weren't necessarily seeing where the vision i had with things and you know like i said i want to work for these agencies that were doing this cool creative work and i kept getting like held back like yeah. People would just always want to do the conservative thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, the only way I'm going to actually be able to do those things that I think are really dope is if I make them myself. So like what happens if I create my own illustration? Like I started out just doing posters. Uh, I started amazing. writing. Nice. Uh, I started interviewing rappers for and, and this is stuff I was doing for free. So um, when we talk about pay, and it's not necessarily money. Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes yeah. it's um, other things. So I was happy to do some of this work for free because it gave me the relationship. Well, yeah, and, you, and you're building yep. towards something, right? It makes sense, right? And it's, entrepreneur- yeah. it's, it's entrepreneurial, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like one exactly. of the, the key themes that we've uh, discovered and, you know, that we've had to deal with in our, like ourselves. Uh, we couldn't find the space or, you know, the, the avenue to pursue what we wanted. So we had to create it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we, and yeah. you know, you're, you're a trailblazer in that sense, right? You know, you just kind of paved the way for this. And like, you know, when we started this podcast journey, one of the first people I called was you to get your honest opinion mm-hmm. about it because there was representation there. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to you for, you know, being somebody that's you know pushed forward and set some of these some of the some of the foundation for us, man. Appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Actually, and, you know what? Bef- 
before I get too far, I want to give a shout out to um, Rustam at the BBI because ah. he gave me my first like actually decent paying freelance job, and nice. that kind of like is what you know you can't. It's hard to build a business like that off of non-client work. Yeah. So, so Dwayne, the one thing I wanted to ask you when we talked as well too, um, specifically about your experience coming to Nova Scotia. Uh, as a black person, how do you feel like you've been kind of perceived in that sense? <laughs> oh man, it's it is so interesting. Uh, so because we know there's two different experiences, right? There's there's definitely two different experiences. Yeah. Um, so I went from being the only, you know, having like one white kid in a class, and everybody else is black, and then being the only black kid in a class when I got yeah. to NASCAD. So yeah. it was like this weird cultural shift that there. Um, and then I found that like, you know, in Bermuda, I was just seen as a, a weird art nerd. I did martial arts. So people thought that that was even more nerdy. It wasn't what? like, you know, like Cobra Kai where they're all yeah. like, the cool kids. It was I, like I no. Saw him on that's, Instagram that's, throwing a mean round host. <laughs> he, he hurt himself too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the kid I was back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, no. Like back then, it was like, oh, let's fight this guy. Like people wanted to fight you because they wanted to embarrass the karate kid. So. It, it was, I was not an intimidating figure. Then all of a sudden I came here and people are telling me that oh, I look scary, that I'm tough. Mm. I'll be like at the bus stop and people be like asking me if I got drugs. And it's just wow. like the whole perception of me is like the opposite. <laughs> you know, I think it might also be a black community thing. Cause I, so I used to go and play ball at the Y on Goddagen when I first got here and the, the the guys there they weren't you know some of them were really feeling me so mm-hmm. and it was a lot of black dudes there and some of them were cool and i'm still cool with them to this day uh, some of, like finley Tolliver, for instance one of my really? best friends to this day finley could but hoop. like yeah so like yeah. but some other guys like they did not like this black dude from away coming in there acting like he's whatever so mm-hmm. um that has it's been something that also stuck out to me that like there is this thing this this something about the come from away blacks that that uh aren't always accepted and i and i've i asked sean and and i think you i might have talked to you Larice, too a little bit about mm-hmm. it but i was like what's your per- perspective on that as as cats who mm. grew up here so oh, it's very interesting yeah right it's very interesting Go ahead, Larice. You yeah, you weigh in like, on that. Jeez, just growing up in the communities, like yeah, like it's your protection. You're protecting yourselves in the community because you know there could be like generational conflict between communities, right? And people don't know who you are. So until you get in there and start to meet people, and they understand, and they start to, you know know that you're not, you know, that type of guy that's coming around bringing problems. Then I mean, it's all good. Yeah, it's interesting because I come from a rural perspective, right? So uh, I know what Dwayne means. Mm. 
in that sense, right? So, like, you know, I obviously, I hooped when I was young, right? Up until I was, like, 23. So I spent a lot of time in Halifax traveling back and forth, but you mentioned the community, why? And, listen, it gets chippy it gets down here, <laughs> right? You know? And this you better is the other come thing, ready too. to play. Become, I'm ready to play. Well, it becomes, and that's the other thing, too, yeah. about our communities, similar to what you said, protective. Yeah. And that's how we are. And, you know, I found that at times trying to integrate into the communities, sometimes like here, right? It's just, it's different, mm-hmm. right? People have questions about you, right? They question your ethics, right? And your intent Intent. when you're going into that community, right? And, you know, that's one of the really interesting things. And, like, you know, I experience it on some level here. But people know as soon as I open my mouth that I'm from here somewhere, just not from the city, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can always be a little bit different in that sense. And, you know, I think, like, the reason I talked about there's generational trauma here. We know that now. Uh You know, the post-traumatic slave syndrome was real for a lot of us here, and it was passed down. So, you know, it's kind of like what we've been doing. We've kind of been fighting to survive, right? And you see somebody like Dwayne, they're like, well, this guy's coming to take take something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly. A, you know, initially and, you're perceived as a threat. Yeah. And, you know, how do we deal with yeah. threats? And, and that's not yeah. to, like, glamorize our no. communities in any way. But that's it. It's a, re- a result of this, right? And it's funny. You go from two different extremes, and then you get to here where you're, you know, in Bermuda, you were accepted. You were the majority. And then here, you're like, this guy's so woman to be part of the group. Yeah. Like, that just seems that seems strange to me, right? That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, oh, I found some black people. And then the black people are like, uh, no. Uh, but, you know, me being who I happened. am, too, like, I'm not, like, a smiley dude. Yeah. I'm not the most right. outgoing social dude. So I didn't do myself any favors either. I was like, oh, really? Is F me? Why F you, too? Like, that was my yeah. my attitude in there. And <laughs> I'm kind of lucky I, I came out unscathed, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, and, and as a, as I got older, I really started to, to appreciate that and understand that and, you know, met more people from other communities mm-hmm. and, and realized the amount of trauma that people here, uh, have endured. They carry it with them. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's with us, whether we want to accept it or not. Right. Like, what are your thoughts on how much has changed since then? Um, you've been in this industry, like, what about the awareness representation there as well, too? Like, what, what do you see? Yeah, uh, I have seen change, I would say. So around, so I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, some of the designs I've had have spoken to race and, I'm pretty outspoken on social media at times about how I feel and those sort of things. And I remember getting a lot more criticism for having those perspectives. And then uh, it's like after 2020 or when the George Floyd thing started to happen, it was like suddenly uh, white folks in particular went from not wanting to talk about this stuff to wanting to talk about it all the time and wanting to address it and and um some of it 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 tripped me out like at that time i remember just feeling like is this genuine what what is happening because you know i i knew my folks who were always talking about this stuff 
But like there were a lot of people who weren't talking about this previously who all of a sudden are acting like they've been down from day one Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was kind of like a I've I've had a wait and see um, mentality with it, but also saying, well, I'll give them a chance to, to demonstrate. And so far, I would say like. Yeah, my business definitely had a spike because I a lot of people were like saying, can you can you point us in the direction of a black business? And I did get some benefit from some mm-hmm. of that. That's and good to hear. some people have stuck around as a result. You just highlighted like so many things that like you, uh, you know, went through to, you know, get to where you're at, like with Art Pays Me. From, you know, our discussions, we know that you have your your hand in a number of pots, right? Like once you started creating opportunities for yourself, you didn't stop. So tell us a little bit about what you are working on these days with our pays me and then everything under the umbrellas that or the, uh, you know, everything that, you know, comprises those balls that you're juggling. Yeah, so. um Hmm. I am being pulled in a lot of different directions. So I have my podcast, which is one yeah. thing. Uh, and then the clothing brand is what I have all more or less considered like sort of the center of my product based um, or at least money making thing. Because the podcast, I don't necessarily look at as a money making yeah. thing, but uh, the, the clothing brand, that is the intention. Um I did initially look at it as a creative practice for me. And now I have sort of decided to split things into different directions. So I'm bringing back my Glitterati communications. Nice. This is, that's the, the, um, the company that I freelance under. And it actually is my official license name of my business. So I've got a site that I'm working on for that. That's got my actual design work highlighted and some of the stuff that I've been doing in that space. And I really think that now explain glitterati. That, like the last time we oh, talked, yeah, sure. you, you you told us like what glitterati actually meant. Like tell us that. Yeah. So glitterati are like the leaders of society, the thought leaders, the artists, the the um it's it's uh you know the academics, the the people who lead culture. Wow, right. Um, that's who, who that's who they are. Uh, yeah. Um, so like my initial when I started the brand, it was actually called Be Glitterati, which is like me saying people who wear these clothes are are the people who are the glitterati. Um, it it went over people's heads because it's a word that's so unfamiliar. <laughs> so. That was a little harder to to sell as a brand, and Art pays me, kind of was saying a similar thing, but just in a more direct mm-hmm. way. So it made it when I rebranded as that, it kind of like it stuck yeah. more. So nice. yeah. I've gone with it, and you know I've kept Glitterati sort of under wraps ever since then because I did get associated with that name for a long time, uh, and then you know all of a sudden it just. I pretty much was able to erase it, but now I'm like, I still see, now I see a a benefit to having it because I want to be able to, um, blur those lines between art and design in a way that I just think is more natural to me. Like 
I've always been like, I'm a designer or I'm an artist. And now I'm like, why do I have to be one or the other? So Glitterati is where if people say Nike wants to be like, I want to work with you on a thing, it it might have a painting involved in it, but it's a client-based project. So Glitterati is over there. If you want me to just... Art pays like art pays me is my product line. Um, it's all about um, speaking to that message of creative empowerment. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing in the middle that's sort of guiding both, and that's just my art practice where creative I make whatever I want. Empowerment. That's that's powerful, man. That, it, it really is. So yeah, thanks. Your podcast. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Art pays me. So this all like falls under the art pays me like umbrella. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speak to it a little bit more. So I see uh, Sean's got the change in the narrative. Yes, sir. Hoodie right. on. <laughs> Don't forget that. Don't forget that. And, and hey, Sean and I spoke, right, about, you know, the Loyalist Connections podcast and, and what we're doing. And, you know, a big thing that resonated with both of us is that we're actually changing the narrative because it's talking about history that's been, you know, put in the closet. You know, it's been it's, ironic, it's, it's been swept under the rug, but nobody nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah, we're changing the narrative. We're telling you how it it actually really was from our perspective because that's a perspective that exactly. hasn't been captured. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah, it's needed. It's needed. Yeah, it's long overdue. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So, so that's yeah. changing the narrative podcast. Yes. <laughs> so that's where. Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to do a podcast for years. I love podcasts. So, um, we did the change in the narrative podcast. The initial intention was to, to focus on creative, uh, experience, particularly from like two of us were black creatives. So it was like adding that perspective that you hadn't really heard as much. Um, we ended up delving a lot more into pop culture related things than, than sort of the creative industry. Right. Uh, which was fun, but, uh, when, like I said, I got too, so many pots going, I was like, I want, I, I have to decide what to focus on and I want this art pays me thing to pop off. So, um, when I left that change in the narrative show, I was like, I still feel like I have something to say as a podcaster. Um, and there were a whole bunch of people that I wanted to talk to in the industry that I hadn't had a chance to talk to. And I was like, some of these folks could share a lot of information that with my audience that, you know, there are some of them are just my friends and they just like, you know, give me advice and, and it'll be dope to have those conversations recorded. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's kind of where it came from. And just, you know, you marketing is an important part of of having a business and and content marketing in particular was something I was thinking about to keep driving traffic and my so podcast is that content. Is, is, is the most important thing, right? Yeah. Content. And, you know, yeah. multiple platforms. I love it. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you familiar with um, Gary V, he mm-hmm. he used something called uh, Jab, Jab, Hook, I believe is his thing. Mm. I can't remember if that's what he said. But the jab is like the free content that you give out. And then the hook is is when you get them to pay for something. So my, my podcast is like my jab. Right. You know? You, I'll throw out some some freebies there. Like it's it's fun for me. It's fun for them. But once you kind of join my my group and you're in there, then maybe you might want to buy something while yeah. you're here. 
So, yeah. And and so you got that the, strategy. You got the clothing. Uh, you have art. Now, is your art for sale or is it just your passion uh, project? It's for sale. I, I love it, man. It's your great. Art, it's it's amazing, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. You know, down uh, at the so art, art you, gallery. How's it feel being at the art gallery? <laughs> that was that was so so dope, and they they hit me up for that. So that was actually a design project, not even a, an art project. But like, then they wanted to do the a merch collab. So my clothing's for sale in there too. Oh, great! Uh, but like, the the funny thing is like, the person who reached out to me followed me on Twitter and just kind of seen the stupid stuff that I talk about over there and uh knew that I I like to talk about uh race and but also I, I have a interesting design aesthetic and art aesthetic and she was a fan of my brand and stuff so when they were looking to I think this was probably part of a result of 2020 I I, I can't say for sure but they said they were looking to they had their moment to, um get more more voices of of different perspectives involved in um yeah. yeah so i know they reached out to some indigenous folks to do shows and i was uh someone of african descent that they reached out to and they they just kind of let me do my thing and just said here's the show this is what it's about sit me like i met with the That's curators awesome. i met with the like all the folks over there it's it was an amazing experience and that really opened my eyes up because i'm like i could do an installation like this for nike and mm. I could do it for anybody else. I could, like, this is this is kind of what I I love. Like, it felt like art, but it was design. Mm -hmm. So it was like, man, this is this is that space. This is that window. So like, when I say like I do art, it's there's no client. There's no objective. There's just. So this thing that I'm working on behind me, uh, it's a painting. It's going to be called Monolith. Oh. And it's it's a huge canvas, it's like six feet tall. Yeah. And the whole thing is like going to be about uh, how we're all this, how black people are different. We're all different, but we're the same. And we're not a monolith. But so it's kind of be like, somewhere in the abstract slash representational thing i don't know quite where i'm going with it yeah. yet but stuff like that like i don't know who's gonna buy that no one will probably buy that i spent hundreds of dollars on this canvas um but i don't care because it's that's it's an expression yeah like, that's it's an expression it's, you know, expression i just got so. two more things uh yeah. so the art the fashion you got the like you, you mentioned you have a, a number of different lines there with your clothing, one of them I seen, uh, you know, recently, and I'm like, it really, it, it, I like the message. I like what you're saying with it. Uh, it's the gendered line. Tell mm -hmm. me about it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I could probably take that back to my mom again because just like seeing, I, I hear a lot of people talk about like, the role of a mom and, and what she's supposed to do and what she's supposed to be and all this kind of stuff. But like, my, and I grew up with both my parents in the house, but like my mom, she was the best driver that I knew. She was the one who like, she drove a stick shift and she could, um, 
she was good with money. Like she, she was super smart about like in, in investing and, and thinking on that level. And she always sort of taught me to like, that it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like to me, uh, some of the gender roles that I, uh, that we got assigned, for instance, like what, you know, the man's supposed to make the money or whatever the case may be. Sure. Like to me, I, I've just seen some of those gender roles, not necessarily go that way in my yeah. life. And I've never felt, um, that I had to, um, follow those Mm -hmm. those rules and and then when i started to see more folks expressing that in an external way and talking about um like coming out as trans and all of that kind of stuff i was like they're taking it to another level even beyond like the way that i've always sort of thought about it so those shirts kind of like just they're an exploration of me kind of just trying to think figure out how i feel about that mm-hmm. and just saying like you know gender is something that we as a society need to keep rethinking uh continually and not necessarily be like stuck mm-hmm. on it. so and i don't have think i have the answer so i, I don't want to yeah but the beauty is not having <laughs> the answer that. the beauty is the uh the pursuit of the answer, right? The evolution, it's, it's right? The questions, it's yeah. Asking questions, it's creating discussion. Yeah, like that's the beauty of not knowing. It's true, and I think that's the yeah. thing too. We have to have that same way we kind of discuss history. We have we have to be willing to have that conversation and not yeah. judge people. Like that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? So mm-hmm. we have to keep an open mind with with respect to that. So it's funny we're talking about you know your customer base. How do you you know does uh, define your customer? specifically and how do you think your brand is perceived by them uh interesting so with my business i've got uh sorry glitterati communications glitterati communications is business to business so that's who my clients are my customers are they're usually business owners um but then with the r pays me brand i literally tried to make myself the customer and i was like uh, I, I'm making stuff that I want to wear, mm. and that was kind of where I and it just started evolved. from. Yeah, like, that's nice. <laughs> like it just evolved from yeah. there. The irony of that is how expansive that ended up being. <laughs> so people across the gender spectrum, mm. across the racial spectrum, like it just resonated. They connect yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've connected with it for. <laughs> years like and that was before like i haven't i just immediately i was just like there's something about it like it just resonates with me uh on a you know a personal level right and it's funny fast forward a few years later i'm doing a podcast and changing the narrative like you said larissa is literally something that we're trying to do mm-hmm. yeah well it, to, to to jump on that like we had a conversation where you said you didn't necessarily feel like you were an artist or creative and now you're you're starting to see that because of this creative pursuit you're doing with the podcast and your way of approaching things and your way of thinking and your experience in marketing and entrepreneurship and working like just those different things they do to me, they are what an artist does. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not necessarily a painting. It, It 
it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. That's a really good point. That, that's a very good point. Yeah, and I never thought about it myself as like those skill sets that you talked about, like, you know, the entrepreneurial side of things, like, I know I wanted to. It's just hard, right? And I think it's because well, it's just it's identifying like, that thing that you're willing to take the risk for. Yeah. Like, and, take that jump. Well, and that's like, Larice, you know what it's like growing up. Like, we, like, from here, like you like have to think about the ramifications. Like you got to put your neck out there. It's going to be tough to get a loan, things of that nature. You're going to run into some of those barriers. So like, do you really want to go through it with that process? You know, that was one of the mm-hmm. things too. I think, you know, I'm super risk adverse, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so it's got to be right. Right. And it's like, how, how can you do that without getting burnt basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us what your long-term plans are for our pays me and your, you know, the, the, the other balls that you have like juggling around. Where do you, where do you want to see this? Yeah. Long-term. Uh, I want to, I want it to be a platform to, to help other people. Uh, generally speaking, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but Right now, I'm because I'm just it's just me, yeah. and that's not sustainable. Builds, you got to build uh, a team. I can't really grow this. Yeah, like, I know. What are your plans I, like, to I need scale? Like, how do you scale? You know, yeah, how do you even do these that? These endeavors. I... <laughs> so, uh, one of the things I was like, I just got to make enough money to hire somebody. But if I listen to like my sister in law or Gainette, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to do that. You can, there are a lot of other ways you yeah. can scale without necessarily having to, to hire somebody. But like, um, I got my daughter, like she's, she's, uh, super talented and I seen the sneakers jumping into stuff. Did she designed those sneakers, like yeah. she painted them or yeah. she did. Apple yeah, she did. She does a tree. bunch of, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I saw those sneakers too. Yeah. Like, those are fire. It's <laughs> <I laughs> <know>. like, yeah. <laughs> Nice design. And I, I can't teach her anything. She just teaches herself the software. She teaches her stuff. Like she taught herself how to do animations and all this other weird stuff. So yeah. um, I've been looking at the NFT space uh, for her particularly. It's one of the questions. Uh, I, might I just, I, I let it dabble. go because I, we didn't like, we were running late, but I'm like, man, <laughs> like with all the technology yeah, like, where everything's going with art. It makes sense. Like, that is a viable space, right? And I mean, it's similar. If you yeah. look at it, it's similar to you know podcasting. You're building a community. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about it for art pays me or for like your art? Yeah, absolutely. So I I have the so I have a copy copywritten um, copyright protection for art pays me. So I've kind of thought bigger terms in terms of like licensing and maybe doing something like that. Uh, play but then i you know as last year i was on clubhouse and people were talking about nfts non-stop so i was like what is this thing and i started to learn a lot about it but never really jumped into it and i still have some reservations like the environmental concerns and and some of this there's some tomfoolery going on (laughs) in there but but it's still in its stages though right like it's still exactly now is the time at the the core of it is Larice was Larice is all I, about it. Don't worry, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> he's excited. Legit, right? legit. Well, and the thing I love about it, or at least that I'm interested in, is you know I have this painting back there that only one person's going to be able to yep. own. But I've I've created digital art that has so smart. I spent like two hundred hours on, and it's useless because anyone can right can own it if they have it right. But if you can find a way to 
to copyright yeah. to protect it so that there's only one person that can own that digital thing that I spent 200 hours yep. on, yeah. then it makes it valuable. Yes. So that's what kind of triggered something for me with, with the NFT thing. So um, I'm looking at not abandoning the physical stuff. I'm looking at doing them in tandem yes. and then also having the consulting side of my brand where um you know, I could do those bigger partnerships like at the art gallery or wherever else if those sort of things come my way. So working in the creative space, you've been there for a long time. What does that mean for you? Like, is that your, like, I hate saying safe place, but like, what's it like, like, what is the, what does it mean to you to be in that creative space and be creating content? Uh, for me, it's all about uh, the stories and, and being able to share just, perspectives that i i have as a quiet individual who's not uh you know actively out there talking to everybody and i don't necessarily feel comfortable in, in social situations but i you know i had a shirt that said don't worry be gay and i remember i was wearing it in bermuda and i knew that i was going to encounter some people that weren't feeling <laughs> weren't feeling it um but I like to troll that way with my work. Like I just like it. It's an opportunity for me to to uh, to make a statement and then start a conversation in a way that I can't necessarily feel comfortable doing as a person. No, yeah. No. So working in the creative space, uh, like how has that helped you manage like societal stresses? Like, is there any benefits that you've, you know, found uh, by being creative that helped you manage, you know, mental health, like in to this day and age? Ah, that's a good question. In some ways, it's probably made it worse for me oh. uh, because I'm such a, I don't want to say driven, but I... I put a lot of pressure on myself to to accomplish goals and 2019 I kind of went pretty dormant and then I thought 2020 I was going to come out swinging and do fashion shows and do all this stuff and come up with all these new designs then pandemic hit uh black lives matter was popping off I ruptured my oh. Achilles oh. I was just and You like, and Maurice did it at the same time is... practically Seriously? Oh, he did too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. so. Yeah, Larice ruptured his. We've all ruptured our Achilles. Isn't that a strange yeah. connection? Buddy, I felt like a tree, like just a boom, right on my just face. Boom, just boom. I it, forgot we right all on my yep. face. Oh. Yeah, yep. we've all been there and done that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so I'm, I was I'm just pleasantly like... plump because of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have been able to work out. No, sorry. I had been able to, but I'm just like, nah, I'm chilling. <laughs> no, that's what happened to me, too. Like, I just, there are people were like, oh, you can do your upper body yeah. or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> I can't I'm be bothered. Gonna, I just, my, like, I was just so mentally drained. Yeah. But, like, you know, then you had to do all your physio exercises and your calf raises and all that stuff. So that's one thing that I was like, whoa, I, I actually have discipline because I was able to do to stick to some of that stuff. Um, but uh, no, man, like uh, creative outlet in some ways, like I get to express stuff that is bubbling up, like things that I, I might I see people on Twitter just 
posting stuff and ranting and raving. I just put it in my art and don't necessarily, sometimes I'll get on there and act up, but uh, it's it, in that way, it's a good place for me to, to express um, frustration, mm-hmm. but I, I have to keep it in check. So one of my goals actually for this year is to play more video games. Nice. To, yes. To just relax. <laughs> PS5 you know? is a necessity, man. Get that game in it, right? Yeah, like, you know, I So but you don't I, you I don't find Xbox the, uh, the process year. of the the art and like the drawing and being creative as therapeutic? Well, yeah, for me it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like I get super excited about the idea of working on that painting, working on whatever like it's it's an obsession in a way like i i constantly want to be updating my website i constantly want to be um creating stuff writing notes but the thing with having a family yeah the work-life balance is obviously the next question right like how does that work then yeah yeah Yeah, because you're by yourself you're doing you know my wife would be like what are you doing and i'm like I want to, uh, I'm, I'm working on something. Well, what are you working on? And it, for me, like it, it would just never stop. I would just be either drawing or designing something or reading or whatever. That's, that's like feeding my brain, creative information or spewing it out 24 nice. seven. And that's, that's a good I'm, problem to I'm have. Kinda, Absolutely. It's, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but like, it's bad in terms of I want to just make sure that I I don't squander the time with my kids or my wife. And I'm kind of happy that she kind of like calls me out when, when I get too much into my work. Definitely need that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I was like, yeah, I got to play more Xbox and stuff. A gut check. Hmm? It's a gut check. (laughs) Yeah. It's a gut gut check for sure. It's like realign. Realign. Yeah. So, so what message do you have for anyone hesitant, you know, to take the leap and chase, you know, their their passion? Because you took that leap, started a business, and you're you're chasing your passion every day. Uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, perfect is not something that ever exists. Um, and I I have to remind myself of this all the mm-hmm. time because I'm still obsessing over which products I'm going to release this year. And it's like, stop doing that, man. You got the ideas, mm-hmm. design it, put it out. You know, you can't predict if it's going to sell or not. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you trust, yeah. trust in your own vision, trust in your process and, and then iterate as you learn new things. Uh, you can't, you just have to start. Really appreciate you sharing your your experience and you know just your knowledge with us because it's some we need more representation in this space and we know it's not nearly where it needs to be and just thank you for really putting laying the foundation and putting your neck out there for us to to be out here so really appreciate it.